Sheldon Keefe calls out the team for lack of consistency. Will they respond tonight against the Stars? We'll preview that game for you and take a look at some storylines that we are watching for in the back half of the Leafs season. You're listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Leafs podcast, a daily Maple Leaf centric podcast hosted by myself, Mike DiStefano, and my co-host, Dave Morissuti. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your best bet of five, if you bet $5 or more and it wins, you can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. What's going on, Dave? How you feeling on a Wednesday? Doing pretty good, you know. Leafs are back in action. Try to recover from that. No, unfortunate. Let's call it a unfortunate loss to the Islanders. Yeah, and look, Sheldon Keith called out his team, called them a bunch of you know, called the uh, Pee Wee Hockey that that play in particular, what allowed Kyle McClain get in behind the 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 defense after coming out of the penalty box. Said that's that's Pee Wee stuff. That's not the NHL. And he kind of doubled down a little bit at practice on Tuesday, saying that uh, some more non NHL quality stuff has been popping up. We'll get to those comments uh, uh, today and what he had to say about the team's lack of consistency. We'll preview tonight's game against the Dallas Stars. And uh, I was just kind of thinking ahead. What am I looking forward to over the course of the next few games? There's now 38 games left for uh, the the Maple Leafs. um, Or less. No, 34 games left for the Maple Leafs from here on out. Is that correct? 34? Quick math? I think that sounds about right. 48 plus 34 is 82 right yeah okay (laughs) glad we could do it they said there's going to be no math in uh in sports yet there's so much math involved especially for an analytics guy such as myself uh anyways so you know there's a few storylines that i think i'm curious about going forward that i'm going to be keeping an eye on so i want to touch on what some of those might be over the course of the next few weeks. So we'll dive into those topics a little bit today as well. So kind of going uh, kind of going deep and heavy into the Leafs content. But first, why don't we do some injury updates from practice? Um, David Camp, we talked about yesterday how um, we were going to give a, a David Camp update on today's pod. The update, essentially, is that uh, he was not at practice again, will not be playing in the game tomorrow, will not play this weekend either. He... Uh, is out for the week, so he. I guess you can consider it week to week, I suppose. Um, but he is will be unavailable all week with an undisclosed injury that he suffered prior to All Star break. So no David Camp and no Callie Yarncroft going forward. That's that's not ideal for the team's penalty kill, um, especially with the stars coming to town. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's never ideal to lose, you know, a key part of your roster especially down the middle. You always want to be at full strength there, but uh, it's a little surprising because like everyone's just like, oh, he's injured. Like when did that happen? And all of a sudden he's like out for a week. 
Yeah, it, it is kind of peculiar. Um, and and I, I didn't really expect that to be the case. You know, when, when I first saw that he was going to be missing the game on Monday, I figured, okay, all right, he's going to miss one game is what it is. But then, you know, Keith came out afterward and said, oh, actually, he's not going to be available for to us for the whole week. And it's like, what is what what happened like <laughs> did he get hurt while he was gone on vacation like oh apparently it was uh, an injury that you know was lingering for a little bit they thought maybe it would get better throughout the break obviously it didn't so they want to give him a week to try and nurse whatever injury uh it is so that's the status of david camp not going to be in the game tonight against the dallas stars uh, there was also a mini update on Joseph Wall, who practiced with the main group today for the first time. Um, yesterday, Sheldon Keefe came out and said this uh, Monday, said, you know, not that close, despite he's been skating for the past little bit, but don't expect to see him uh, anytime soon. And uh, I was listening Chris Johnston on 1050 uh, this morning on the uh, on uh, first up. I believe he came out and said that he's hearing late February is kind of the timeline and the target they're looking at for Joseph Wall to return. So late Feb is when Joseph Wall should be back. And I know that's something that a lot of people were curious about. Like, you know, I don't know about you, but people know that I cover the lease for a living. So, you know, the Fairweather fans are always asking me as if I have inside info and, and know exactly what everyone's up to. Like, when's Joseph Wall coming back? I'm like, oh. We haven't really heard much about him. Uh, they said maybe like a six-week injury, and it's been roughly that. And then they said maybe post-All-Star, but then you never really heard anything. And now it sounds as though maybe late February could be the, the target date for Joseph Wall. Um, I'll tell you one thing. It's a good thing that Ilya Samsonov rebounded, or else I wonder if they would have tried to rush him back a little sooner. Like I wonder if they keep kind of pushing back a little bit, making sure these fully 100% because they're getting some solid goaltending out of uh, out of Samsonov right now. Yeah, I'm. I I do wonder if Samsonov wasn't playing like he's been playing right now. How much do they potentially try to push Joseph Wall to get back? I mean, I don't think they're gonna do it to the point where they risk further injury, but I do think there right. might be a little more urgency to see him back in action. Now, if you're Sheldon Keith, you're like, I can actually play Samsonov in net, so I don't. We don't need to. Rush and let him take his time. And like, when it comes with goaltenders and anything like ankle, knee, you're it's it's you want to be overly cautious because those things can easily re-injure themselves, and you don't want to. Well, you don't want that happen because you were too eager to get the guy back into that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just looking like I don't think they have a back to back for a little bit. Uh, not until February 21st, February 22nd. So a couple of weeks, and then they got it back-to-back. They're out on the road there in Arizona, and then they got Vegas on night two. So maybe that could be potentially when you look to maybe bring him back into the fold. If not, maybe when they get back home from that road trip on uh, February 27th, where they actually host the Golden Knights. So they play them twice in a three-game span. That would be kind of the late February um, timeline that we're looking at right now. So there's the answer to anyone who's been asking about uh, Joseph Wall and his status. Uh, not as close as we thought he'd be to returning. And Chris Johnston of TSN and The Athletic uh, and SDPN, the guys everywhere these days, uh, hearing late February is kind of the timeline that he's suggesting uh, of what he's hearing out there. All right. Um, 
there was an interesting quote from Sheldon Keefe in practice today. So we had discussed on yesterday's podcast, Dave, how, you know, he talked about how it was a peewee play, allowing the guy to get in behind him after coming out of the penalty box. And it just, that can't happen in the NHL. He dropped another comment today that kind of went in a similar vein. Uh, this is what he had to say on kind of the lack of consistency when it comes to this Leafs team playing up to its potential. He said this, quote, we've got a good team here. We've got good players. As a coaching staff, we need to do a better job with them and work with them and help them recognize our goal in getting the team to play up to its potential. And I think we've done that, I would say, about 50% of the games. We've been really good, but that's not enough. That's not enough in the NHL. Uh, quite a comment, quite a bombshell comment, basically calling out his team and, and, and himself, right? Said that the staff doesn't have them prepared either. So in a way, he's bearing everybody, not just the players or just the staff. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it, it's he's right. Like, it's, it's not enough to only get up for 50% of your games. But like, I mean... Is there any hope in hell in addressing that at this point, Dave? Or is this kind of what they are at this point? And then it kind of leads to that conversation. Is they need a coaching change? Is it on the players to wake up and play harder? It's a chicken or the egg discussion. But, you know, overall, like, what, what, what did you make of those comments? Can I, I'm going to add one more comment. This is found back in November 27th, 2000, oh. November 27th. To me, we've been hit and miss. There's been some inconsistency in our game, which is a little concerning. It's an area we'd like to clean up and improve upon. That was from one GM Brad Living back on November 27th. We're yeah. talking almost coming up on three months ago. Almost. Yep. And and they're still incredibly inconsistent, night to night basis. And uh man, it's so to me, it's, it's it's a it's a huge problem because the team isn't yeah. learned, and when what everyone's been kind of wondering when it comes to Sheldon Keith is is the message getting through anymore? Right, there's a reason why coaching changes have been happening around the league. In some cases, like you look at Ottawa, L.A., where the guy's been there for a few years, and you just wonder if the message is just not working anymore. Now, with, with Sheldon Keith, is it all Sheldon Keith? No. There's been players that have not been playing to their potential. It's clear and it's obvious. But you also wonder, is he getting the most out of the guys he needs to get the most out of? Like, it's not about the stars. The stars have to come out and play their best every night. We know that. But are the are the, the depth players have certainly not given enough. And you I have mean, the to stars aren't necessarily given enough. Like, look at no. look at the stats that we've seen out of Willie since he got that contract. Yep. Outside of one game where he had two or th- three points or something like that, or a three or four point night. Outside of that, he hasn't done nothing since getting that contract. John Tavares finally has a couple of goals here on the power play in back to back games, but before that, he had just one goal, one goal dating back to uh, November. Like it, it, it was, it, it's quite frustrating i'm sure if you're sheldon keith and like those are players who you are relying on to give you that offense and then hopefully you get a a goal or two from guys down below your lineup but for the last you know little bit those guys haven't been scoring only six goals out of tyler bertuzzi i mean what more could sheldon keith do he played him on the first line he's playing him on the second line 
I suppose he could try and put him up on the top power play unit and, and maybe that's a way to try and get him more offense. But, you know, like he he's playing him in offensive you know, situations like he's put him in places to succeed positions to succeed. It's just not going in for him. You know what I mean? Like it's not as though Sheldon Keefe is not trying to get these guys going. And we've seen, you know, there was a, a game where they put Noah Gregor up on the top. They put Pontus Holmberg up on the top line to try and get some offense from some other guys and spread the lineup a little bit. It, you know, he's tried different things. Um, so like, again, I, I do have a hard time solely putting this on Sheldon Keefe. I know there's a lot of people out there that, that think Sheldon Keefe is the problem and he needs to lose his job for this team to move forward. But I mean, I like, is a new coach going to get these guys to buy in any more than Keefe has? Like, I, I don't know, man. I really don't know. Like there's, there's a new coach behind the bench in Guy Boucher, right on the power play. I mean, that power play is not as good as it were a year ago. That's a new voice. That's a new coach, right? They haven't quite really bought into what he's saying or done anything differently. They haven't played with any more urgency or consistency to their power play that they did the past couple of seasons. So I don't know, man. It's it's an interesting situation here for, uh, for the Maple Leafs. And uh, when it comes to this team, like, uh, like, I don't know. Is there any way that they can change this inconsistent play over the next 30 plus games until you get to go time in the playoffs. Cause if you play like this in a seven game series, probably going to lose more than you win. And it'll be another early exit for them. Yeah. The only thing I can say to that is you with, when it comes, especially the top six make some, I know he's made changes, but we've seen a pretty similar lineup set up for the, like the top six. Maybe he needs to change something up there. Like what? Or, what, would, what would you suggest? You know, maybe you got to move Mar- Matthews and Marner off each other for a little bit to get the other guys going a little bit here. We talking about Tavares struggling at five on five. Maybe he needs to play with Marner a little bit just to get himself going a little bit. But he was playing with Marner and he still wasn't scoring. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. They did come off of each other's yeah. lines and then he put them back, you know, together semi-recently. Like I remember a couple of weeks prior to the deadline or prior to the, the all-star game, like Tyler Bertuzzi was moved down to the third line. Like the complete, remember that one game in Detroit where he just completely jumbled everything up and just kind of YOLO his lineup. Like he's done things like that, or he's taken, you know, Nyes put him down on the fourth line, third line, and he's popped up Holmberg and like, he's done some things, but yeah, I don't know. Eventually it's like, to me, there's more onus on the players to get going for the players to play up to their potential. Like Tyler Bertuzzi to only have six goals is, is just, it can't happen. Like he was brought in to provide secondary offense and Max Domi for that matter, who I think is like what four goals on the year. So he's not scoring either. Both those guys were brought in specifically to add an offensive element, to add secondary scoring. And it just has not happened. And uh, you know, they, they took away defense to try and get that offense, to try and get a little bit more uh, pissing vinegar, sandpaper, a little snot, as Tree Living called it, and some secondary scoring. And the scoring has lacked. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a reason why the team hasn't played as well this season. Uh, I don't know. You're 50 games in, though. Like, you would think you would, you would know, if you're Sheldon Keefe, you would know what your team is, how to get the best out of them. And not just 50 games in. He's five years in 
with this group and this core. And he still needs to figure out ways to to push their the core's buttons from time to time. It's it's peculiar, man. It it, it really, really is. Uh, all right, let's take a break. Let's come back and let's uh, tee up tonight's game, Leafs and Stars. And hopefully, you know, this team doesn't put on a peewee performance like they did against the Islanders uh, tonight against Dallas. So we'll come back. We'll tee that up and take a look at some of the second half storylines we're looking ahead at going into the back half, the unofficial back half of the Leafs season. So we'll do all that on the other side. You're listening to the Locked On Leafs podcast, part of Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored. I'm pretty certain I was taking a peek on the app earlier today, and I I believe you can even play some wagers uh, about Taylor Swift on the FanDuel Sportsbook app and so, so much more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the Locked On Network. Welcome back into the Locked On Leaves podcast. It's Mike DiStefano and Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leafs-centric podcast with new episodes coming out each weekday morning, Monday through Friday. You can find the audio versions of the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, wherever you download them. And uh, you can also find the uh, video version of the podcast up on YouTube as well. And... Um, the Leafs taking on the Dallas Stars tonight in Toronto. Uh, Dallas coming into the game. They've won four in a row. They just played last night. They beat the call, the Buffalo Sabres 2-1. to one. They started Jake Ottinger, Ottinger in that game, which means likely Scott Wedgwood, their backup, gets the start against the Maple Leafs tonight. Hometown kid from the GTA. So Toronto likely to get the easier goaltender of the two. Uh, so that should, you know, help them with some secondary scoring, you would hope. Yeah, I mean, I think the last time Toronto played Dallas yeah, he, Blackwood again, it was, sorry, Wedgwood again. I think it was like there was supposed to be this whole Andre versus Joseph Wall. We didn't get to see that. Yeah. So, I mean, Wedgwood's still a pretty good goalie. You have to still be cognizant of that. And, uh, we, we know how the Leafs tend to overestimate teams, especially when they're coming off the second half of a back-to-back. Yeah. I, I'll say this, though. I'll say this. They've got a really good record against Dallas uh, over the yeah. last few years, and even Scott Wedgwood has struggled against Toronto. He's just 1-2-2 two, and two with a 395 goals against and an 877 save percentage. So, you know, Wedgwood hasn't been... Uh, that no-name goalie who consistently, you know, comes out and beats Toronto like we've seen in the past. They've they've had their success against yeah. Scott Wedgwood. Um, but you look at Toronto against Dallas over the course of the last ten games. They they've won five in a row against the Stars and eight of their last ten. So, uh, you know, Toronto they 
match up well against the Stars, and they'll look to do the same and try and get another victory tonight. Yeah, it's, a, it's still a very solid team. You know, we, we've seen how Toronto has played against even playoff caliber teams. They have certainly struggled. Dallas is – I feel like the, the it's a tough team to, to really read. In my opinion, they made quite a few changes, especially up front in the offseason. Like, they added some pretty – yeah, they add Duchesne, which was I thought. Well, let's look at let's look at their lineup. Yeah, we, we we've got a graphic we can look at. Uh, we can look at their lineup, and then we can kind of break down who's going to be playing where tonight and what the line's going to look like. So yeah, so here's the projected starting lineup for the Dallas Stars. Go ahead, Dave. Yeah, so I mean, Rupe Hans, uh, Jason Robertson, and and uh, Wyatt Johnson. Like that's a pretty solid top line. I think Rupe Hans is one of the more underrated players in the league like i think he's getting a little more recognition now he's always been underrated in my opinion duchene uh oh good old mason marchman probably put some money on him to score and record a point against the leafs if you're looking for a little bet on FanDuel, there you got tyler sagan obviously making up that line jamie ben on the third line is uh pretty interesting considering like he's signed to that huge ticket in dallas and will be for a while uh with sam Steele and you know joe pavelski it's again pavelski on the third line that's not gonna be an easy matchup there and you got smith Faxa, and dadanoff like it's a to me that's a team that's one through four lines pretty deep. solid to go up against very deep very very deep um like you talked about yeah you got jamie ben on your third line joe pavelski on your third line and and then you know Duchesne and Sagan Marchman Jason Robertson why like yeah like that top nine like you could really match them up against most top nines in the NHL and it's tough to beat obviously so the depth is there so Toronto's gonna have their hands full in particular their blue line gonna have their hands full there because there's also a lot of size right like there's some size out there in uh in in Dallas and Hopefully Toronto can, you know, prove that they can handle that tonight uh, against the Stars. Defensively, though, here's a player that's starting to really come into his own, Thomas Harley. He's not getting a lot of, I don't think a lot of people are talking about him. Maybe a lot of people not sure exactly who he is, but man, is he ever a really good up-and-coming young defenseman. He was a first-round pick of theirs a few years back. He's just 22 or 23 years old, but he's turning into a top-pair guy. And he is just crushing it. Two-way player. Him and Heiskanen are, are turning into an excellent, excellent top pair for uh, for Dallas. I, I'd imagine they'll be up against the Matthews line tonight trying to shut them down. And, uh, you know, like I said, both of them can play on both sides of the ice. So that'll be tough to, to beat those guys and, and to try and, you know, generate as many scoring chances as you can. It's tough to do against those uh, those two players. And Lindell and Hockenpah, you know, two defensive shutdown guys and Suter and Lundqvist as the uh, as the third pair. So uh, one through four pairs, one through three, uh, very, very strong in Dallas. So this is a good lineup, a very good team. So Toronto's going to have their work cut out for them for sure. Uh, let's take a look at the projected lineup for the Maple Leafs now heading into tonight's game. Not much, uh, really, no difference, actually, from the other night against the New York Islanders. You've still got Nice, Matthews, and Marner together, Bertuzzi, Tavares, and Nylander. 
Noah Gregor with Domi and Robertson, McMahon, and, uh, well, I guess, no, no, David Camp will not be in this game. Yeah, it'll be Holmberg, my... Holmberg on the fourth line. with Yeah, Reeves. Holmberg will be on the fourth line, and uh, Ryan Reeves will be there. And then Riley Brody, Benoit McCabe, Giordano, and Timothy Lilligren. And uh, I don't think we've had a starter announced, but I, I assume it'll be Samsonov. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's Samsonov, too. I don't remember hearing. But at this point, I think you're assuming Samsonov's starting until they say we're going to go to Martin Jones. Yeah, yeah, honestly. I, I wouldn't see why that wouldn't be the case. You, you still got to figure out what you have in him. And if you don't trust that he can win you games down the stretch and into the playoffs, that, that might have to be, you know, a spot that the Maple Leafs are going to have to address come the trade deadline. And, and you know, the only way to figure that out is uh, to play him uh, and play him against good teams, playoff teams, teams that are going to make it difficult for him um, by, you know, getting a lot of traffic to the goal and, and, you know, team that uh, is, is a good rush offense. So he'll be tested plenty tonight, which brings us to uh, the keys to the game. So why don't we check our three keys to the game for tonight? Uh, and I just brought up one, which is this team is a very good rush team. The Dallas Stars, they already have more rush goals, Dave, this season than they had all of last year. They lead the league in rush chances. So, I mean, that's got to be key number one is make sure that you defend the rush. Stay on top of pucks. You know, try not to pinch. If you pinch, you're going to get caught and uh, make sure you play sound, sound hockey. This is a group also defensively. They'll clog up the neutral zone and they'll force turnovers. And that's also a way to get quick, you know, transition rush chances. Uh, don't let that happen. If you do, that could certainly come back to bite you against this Dallas Stars team. Uh, so defending the rush is going to be key tonight for the Maple Leafs. What's the second key for you, Dave? I mean, Dallas is a very physical team, so you got to bring the physicality. Now we saw Benoit get into a nice scrap with Horvat the uh, in the last game. You know Ryan Reeves going out and hitting everything he can, although he took a silly penalty by being a little too overzealous uh, physically. But yeah, the Dallas is a team that's going to try to get under your skin. We know how Jamie Ben likes to do that with Austin Matthews. The Leafs are going to have to be prepared for that. They're going to have to prepare to play with a little bit of a physical edge against this team. Yeah, 100%. They're going to have to bring uh, ramp up the physicality because you know that uh, Dallas likes to play a, a heavy, heavy game. And then the third key that we got here, you got to get some depth scoring. Like th This is a team, you look at the uh the the dallas stars and they score like i think they're a top five team when it comes to scoring uh offense and, and goals per game so they're gonna score which means toronto you're gonna have to score also to keep up with this club and it can't just be austin matthews it can't just be marner can't just be nylander Tavares. you gotta get a goal or two from someone else in your lineup got to get some secondary scoring whether it's tyler bertuzzi finally potting his second goal since like november 24th or whatever that stat is it's, it's insane the guy's got one goal in his last 
27 games. It's it's crazy. He's got to get one. Get one from the blue line. Maybe Max Domi, a little revenge goal against the Dallas Stars, perhaps. Yeah. Matthew Nyes, maybe. You know, perhaps a Noah Gregor goal. I don't care. Get Nick Robertson to pot one. He's, he's someone who actually has been providing some secondary scoring a little bit when he's in the lineup. But someone else other than the core four needs to start putting pucks in the back of the net, not a consistent basis at that. And uh, they'll need it tonight against Dallas. They do. I, I remember Nick Robertson, a come, come out game for him was against Dallas, right? The whole matchup, Nick versus Jason. And his it was the Leafs that came away with the win because Nick Robertson had that amazing effort in overtime to score, right? You need that. We just mentioned how deep this Dallas Stars team is. You're not going to be able to shelter your bottom six, and they'll take they'll gladly go head to head with this top with the Leafs core four with the Leafs top six. It's now to the like that fourth line especially. They can't get stuck in their own zone. They got to play some time in the offensive zone. They got to generate some sort of offensive, some offensive chances. Otherwise. I don't know. It's going to be very tough to go head to head with this group. Well, we'll see. Hey, Pontus Holmberg, can you do something if you're not on a line with Marner and Matthews? Can you generate something on your own? Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, you can. If that's the case, then you know you're 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 doing a service to yourself when it comes to becoming a, a nightly staple in the lineup. Because um, if he can't provide any more offense. You know, he's one of those tweener guys. He's someone who they can send down to the minors without having to put anyone on waivers. He can go up and down willy nilly. And, you know, as guys start to come back, you know, they're going to have to start moving around some pieces. Right. So uh, hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully he can prove that he can be a useful piece for this team. Um, But yeah, uh, let's see if he can provide some offense in this game tonight. All right, so that's the uh, the breakdown for tonight's matchup, Leafs and Dallas Stars. It is in Toronto. It is a 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, coming up on the other side, let's take a look at some second-half storylines that we're keeping an eye on uh, as the unofficial second half of the season has now begun. We'll do that next. You're listening to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualification preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast, and listeners of the show will get a $75 Sponsor job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. 
Welcome back into the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti. We are a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast. Thank you so much. If you are a daily listener, uh, we really appreciate our everydayers out there. And if you're new to the show, just stumbling across us and uh, you've enjoyed it so far, you've made it through the full, we'll be about 30 minutes into the show. We really appreciate that. And hopefully if you do enjoy it, you do give us a subscribe, maybe hit the little notification bell and uh, a little like, smash that like button, as they say on YouTube, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Leave us a comment, leave in comments. Comments really help with the algorithms and helps get the, you know, it helps, I don't know, helps people see it, I suppose, for lack of a better phrase there. All about, the algorithm, all about the algorithm. Yeah, I don't know how the internet works, but apparently comment, the more comments, the more likes, the more likely people are going to stumble upon I got that interaction. video. And we can help grow the show, right? Help grow the podcast. That's what we all want uh, here on Locked on Leafs. All right. Um, so I guess the second half of the season started, you know, a couple of weeks ago after game 41 going into game 42. That's when the second half truly started. But post all-star break is like the unofficial second half. And technically the Maple Leafs, they already got one game out of the way. Um, a, a, a loss to the New York Islanders. But I thought it'd be fun to kind of take a look at a couple of storylines that we'll be keeping an eye on, uh, you know, over the course of the next few weeks uh, into the second half of this season. So here's a couple that I got. You can let me know if you've got some things that you're keeping an eye on as well, Dave. Um, but I think right now, like a big story that we're all going to be keeping an eye on in Leafs Nation is Austin's chase for 70. Like it's in play. It's totally in play. He's on pace for, I think, maybe now 69 goals or, or something around that range, 68, 69, 70 goals. Like, can he actually be the first to get to 70 since, like, 93? Like, can he actually get it done? It would be incredible. Uh, it'd be such a feather in the cap for him to do so. Obi never did it. Obviously, you know, Crosby didn't do it. And, like, no one has done this. Since seven since ninety three, so if Austin Matthews can get it done, uh, that would be outstanding. So that's one storyline that I think we're all going to be chasing. And another one that I kind of want to keep an eye on here, and it's something that we touched on in the previous segment when we were talking about the lack of secondary scoring, is you know will someone emerge with some secondary scoring? Is there someone who's going to finally put things together and put together a strong second half? You know, I'm I, I'm curious, maybe, is there someone who you think really struggled in the first half that you believe is going to have a big second half for the Maple Leafs? It's got to be Tyler Bertuzzi. Like, Tyler Bertuzzi, Matthew Nyes, Max Domi. Like, I think all three of those players yeah. fit in the same bill where it's they, you got to get more out of them. I'll put one. I'll put one on the on the blue line, and he was a bit of a spotlight today. If you haven't read David Alter's piece, Timothy Lilligren. Yes, he's a player that I had higher expectations for going into this year. I thought he was going to be a you know, bona fide, cement himself into the t into the top four with you know either with a Jake McCabe as his partner, and it hasn't happened. And unfortunately, he was the one that was. Make the, the the culprit on the goal the the breakaway goal that has left Sheldon Keith pulling out whatever hair gray hairs he has right now. They simply put, white. like we talk about this team needing to go out and trade for a defenseman, but I'm also remain adamant that you also need to get some of that improvement internally. Uh, Timothy Logren as a younger 
defenseman that you've spent a lot of time in developing and investing to be a top four defenseman hasn't hasn't done it consistently enough and that's and that's something that i think they need to see him improve they really do need to see him improve because if not when you talk about making a trade to go out and upgrade i wouldn't be surprised if you hear his name being thrown out there if they need to go out and make an upgrade i agree i completely agree i'm curious how many games he's played because they say you know usually for defensemen it, it'll take you about 200 games to figure out who you are in the nhl he's played 172 games he's pretty well there i think he's you pretty well. much know what he is and he's a third pair defenseman that's what he is he's a third pair of guy who you know could do a little bit of everything. Like he can play on your PK. He can play on your second unit. He's got a little bit of a shot. He can get a little bit aggressive. Like, but he's he's really a a, a master of none, I guess, which is why he's a third pair guy, you know. And luckily, he's a right shot player, so that that helps him. There's not, you know, people are always looking for right shot blue liners. But ultimately, um, yeah, he's someone who for sure needs to step up because. I don't think his spot in the lineup going forward is necessarily guaranteed because, hey, if they do go out and add a top four right shot defenseman, like let's say the name Chris Tanev keeps coming up. If they add Chris Tanev to this lineup, who do you think is coming out? Yeah, exactly. Like It is going to be TJ Brody is going to get slot further down the lineup and it's going to be Timothy Lilligren coming out. Either and- Timothy Lilligren or, you know, Giordano. I mean, they'll alternate, right? Like, either way, he's not going to have a, a, a nightly spot in this lineup, or he'll have to he'll have to fight to keep that nightly spot at the very least. Um, if the the Leafs do go out and make that make that move that we all kind of are expecting to happen, which leads me to another storyline: What do the Leafs do at the deadline? Where, where do you sit on this, Dave? Like, which camp are you in? Do, do you think that no matter what, the Leafs still need to try and get something out of this season and still are going to have to be, you know, active buyers? Or do you sit in a camp where, you know, you think the Leafs actually, they got to prove something to Trey Living between now and the deadline for him to make a sizable deal? Where do you sit? If I'm Brad Trey Living, I have like a, a box with that, with a key and a lock with that first round pick. That key, nothing is being happening with that first round pick right now. You are not trading that first round pick. I don't think it's worth it. We've they've spent too much assets. They don't have a third round pick for the next three years. Second, sorry, second round pick. Sorry, after this year, they won't have first round picks really to give out either, right? Like, did you hear the latest on the Tanev? By the way, apparently, Calgary told Toronto. So the price is like a second and like a prospect for yeah. Tanev or a second and a, and a younger. Yeah, I heard, I heard LeBron initially saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the price for Chris Tanev. And apparently since Toronto doesn't have a second, then the price is a first that they, yeah. they would have to get their first round pick to get yeah. it done. I'm sorry. The only way you can ever justify paying a first round pick for Chris Tanev is if you get a contract included with that. And yeah. even then, what does that contract look like? We know his injury history. Can you rely on him to be an 80? You can't, you can't rely on him to be 82 game guy. He hasn't really been. You're like looking in like the 70 range for Chris Tanev. Which is fine if he can yeah. be healthy for the playoffs. As long exactly. as he plays every playoff game, I think you'll, you'll take 65 regular season games of Tanev yeah. if he can play, uh, you know, 
25 games in the playoffs and bring you home a Stanley Cup. You'll take that 10 times out of 10. The thing is, is is there I don't I don't think they're a Chris Tanov away from winning where they need to go. And that's where I'm that's where I'm at right now. They need more than that. And I think it's I think Brad Chilevin's gonna realize that and maybe he'll make a small move to add some depth. I just don't think if he makes the big swing, I don't he's not gonna have enough. It's not so, gonna be enough. So are you saying this as if you were Brad Trilliving, or are you saying this as David Morissuti? If I was Brad Trilliving, I wouldn't do it personally. I would not do it because you're you're throwing yourself into an even harder situation in the offseason where you're gonna have to make even more moves to make this team better. Like you don't have a lot of defensemen past this year. Can I say something that is maybe equally as blasphemous? Uh-oh. Not that what you said is blasphemous, I suppose. But um, if you are not a buyer, do you then consider being a seller? I would consider it. Like, I, if you're not going to actively buy, like, I don't, yeah. for me, standing pat isn't good enough. No. Because, you know, like, I don't think you're going to re-sign some of these guys next year anyways if you're just standing pat because you've realized this ain't the year. You need picks and prospects pretty bad. Yes. Recoup some of them so that you can use those in the future to make deals that you need to get. Right. Not so only if, you need picks if, and prospects, you, you need young players and young players. But like if you sit there, if you're Brad Trilliving, to me, like if I had to power rank, what should the Leafs do? I think they should buy. I, I do think they should. But I don't think the, the second scenario is standing pat. I think it's buy. And if you're not going to buy and you realize this team isn't good enough to win a championship, I'm not pushing the chips in to, to improve this team. Uh, then I think it's all right. Well, well, then what can you get for Tyler Bertuzzi? What can you get for a Max Domi? Is TJ Brody attractive to teams out there? You know what I mean? Like what can you start to, to get for some of these players? Uh, that may be a blasphemous thing to say, but if you decide that this year ain't it, you might as well start looking the next season. If those guys aren't going to be on your roster next season anyways, get something for it. I don't know. That's just me. Well, and I've heard that I've heard that argument too. Um, the problem with Tyler Bertuzzi is he does have a no movement clause, but I mean if he gets asked to move, to waive it, he might consider it if it means going to a maybe a team that has yeah, a contender. Well, uh, you're, you're trading for Tyler Bertuzzi pending UFA. You're probably going for it. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I I just think you know what with the way they played this year, their coach just said it. They've only played good enough half the time. To me, that's not a ringing endorsement for this group. No, yeah, that's from their coach. From the coach, they've got uh, how many games between now and the trade deadline? Let me quickly, quickly look that up. Toronto schedule deadline's what the eighth. Uh, yeah, March 8th. Right. So, like, we got a month, a month to go, which means there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 games. There's 15 games between now and the trade deadline for the Maple Leafs to prove to Brad True Living that they can play with a level of consistency that can work in the playoffs. If he doesn't prove that between now and March 8th, and <laughs> who they play March 7th, the Boston Bruins. 
fun stuff. Uh, if they don't prove that between now and then, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they what they do this uh, this season. Like I said, there's there's usually two camps. There's there is a camp there that says no matter what, you got to go. You got to go for it. That's what this team is. They're in a win now mode. They still got to go for it no matter what. And then there is that other camp that's a little more hesitant to do so. Uh, where Brad Trilliving sits, I don't know. Maybe that's an exercise that we can kind of take a look at between now and the deadline, perhaps maybe later on this week or next week. We can you know, look back on Brad Living's previous deadlines in Calgary and maybe see if we can see some tendencies as to what he likes to do in trade deadline. Because it's, it's a new GM. We don't really know much about how Tree Living operates. Maybe that's a, a fun little exercise that we could do uh, you know, over the next week or two. Let us know in the comment section down below if that would interest you going forward. Um, all right, what is uh, we'll sign off, but give me one thing that you're kind of keeping an eye on um, over the, the the back half of the season here. One more storyline. Um, can Joseph Wall get back to his elite, pretty much elite form that he was showing before he got injured? Yeah, I guess he could throw both goalies into that. Yeah, right. How does the goaltending shake out the rest of the year? Yeah. Yeah, definitely something that's going to be uh, intriguing for Leaf fans between now and the end of the season. Absolutely. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the Locked On Leafs podcast on all platforms and receive daily Leafs content Monday through Friday. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morris Sudi and follow the show as well at Locked On Leafs. Go ahead. Leave a like if you enjoyed the video on YouTube. A comment down below would be great as well. Uh, we'll be back with another episode for you guys tomorrow. Once again, Leafs stars tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop. Uh, until then, keep it locked right here on Locked on Leafs.